49ers tight end George Kittle is coming off one of his best seasons in recent memory. But what can you get for him in the trade market right now? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can check her out on Twitter at Kate Majuk. You can also follow her work at Pro Football Focus and Behind the Steel Curtain. Okay, we, we've got some listener questions today and some really good ones. I want to start with this one about George Kittle. Uh, this comes from Jeff. He wants to know, <laughs> George Kittle in Dynasty, I want to trade him away. What is a reasonable price to get back? Now, I think you can approach this in a number of ways. And a lot of this is going to depend on your roster construction. What other assets do you have at the tight end position? Now, Marcus, we've talked a ton uh, over the last couple of weeks about, uh, you know, breaking down your uh, tight end room into a bunch of those mid-range tight end twos to see what you can get out of it. But I do think right now there are a couple of interesting trades here up uh, on Dynamics. Dynasty League football that I really, really like involving George Kittle. So I want to give them as an example because I think this is uh, a perfect way to consider breaking this down. My favorite one, uh, and this took place just about a week ago, TJ Hawkinson and a 2024 second round pick for George Kittle and a 2024 third round pick. I'm doing that all day. And to be totally honest, I I, I, I would take it for... Uh, you know, George Kittle and a third for TJ Hawkinson alone. That's how much I I have a tear break between TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. So like if you're you're getting TJ Hawkinson in a second back for George Kittle, give me that all day. I like that trade a lot more a week ago when TJ Hawkinson uh, didn't have a torn ACL in MCL, right? Like that's the part that bums me out a little bit. It's there's a realistic chance, Kate, that we just don't see TJ Hawkinson until like November next year. And that makes the value a little bit more but tough to it's gauge. Dynasty. You're trading a 30 year old tight end for a, a franchise tight end. Well, that is, uh might not be as available as you'd like him to be in the early portions of, of next year, but TJ Hawkinson might very well be a top three dynasty tight end for years to come. How about this trade? George Kittle for Dallas Goddard, J.K. Dobbins, who I I don't don't love. Uh, maybe we we swap out another player for J.K. Dobbins uh, in a 2026 fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, I I would I would probably take that side, the, the Goddard side there. Yeah, and I like again, I don't think you need to to use these as specific examples for uh, every individual asset here. But I think the the notion is breaking George Kittle down for tight end X and something else or 
you know, depending on your situation, TJ Hawkinson and, and, and something for George Kittle. I think there's a bunch of different ways to do this, but the name value of George Kittle is just slightly above some of these other assets that I think are, are well worth a, I agree. a solid look. Yeah. And the thing with George Kittle, and we've talked about this a lot, you just don't know what you're getting year to year. So from 2020 to 2022, didn't have a thousand yards, did have 11 touchdowns last year, but it was on 765 yards. And if you, if you, if you've had George Kittle in your fantasy leagues at all, you know, it's so frustrating to have him on a week to week basis because there's just no rhyme or reason why he goes off. So he's either going to win you a week or he will lose you your yes. week. And there's not a ton in between. And he's one of these players that plays the game so violently that he's always an injury risk. Like he's just more of an injury risk than some of the other tight ends that are being drafted below him. The way that I would approach this, I'm assuming if you're moving George Kittle, you're moving him for a tight end. So what I would do rather than trying to get somebody that's in that same range, um, which by the way, he's being drafted as tight end seven behind him, Kyle Pitts, Jake Ferguson, Evan Ingram, just ahead of him, Mark Andrews. What I would rather do, it this is going to be the theme of the podcast all year long, is that I would rather take a upside shot later on. Like, for example, David Njoku, tight end 16. Give me David Njoku and something else that can help me win the trade. Maybe that's a second-round pick. Maybe that's an RB2. Maybe that's a young receiver. That That's what I'm looking forward or looking to do if I trade George Kittle. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of the lesson here is uh, just breaking him down into into building blocks. Or again, I do think like from a long term dynasty perspective, like, yes, you might not have a, a TJ Hawkinson for the first half of next year. But let's say you sprinkle in, uh, you know, trade for a couple of those mid range tight end twos like we, we've been talking about. Um, that might be enough to get you through. And then you've got a, a top tier tight end in dynasty for years to come. Even uh, Kyle Pitts being drafted on average behind George Kittle. If I can swap those one for one, I'm still doing that all day. Like, yeah, I think I George Kittle, especially with the name value here and the upside, because let's be clear, you are trading away a ton of upside. You're not you trading are. away consistency, but you are trading away a ton of upside. So that that's why I want to get a tight end. Yeah. I want to get a tight end that has similar upside. Now, maybe example, I'm going to keep mentioning David Njoku. He probably doesn't have the same type of upside as George Kittle, although he's had a couple of those games, but he also has that week to week inconsistency that can drive you mad. But if you can get David Njoku and X, I think one of those two pieces is going to end up making this trade work for you. Yeah. I, I think that's very fair. Um, now, if you want to swap him for other players being drafted in the same range, that's where it gets a little tricky. Some of the players being drafted around him, Terry McLaurin, like assuming you have another tight end, would you flip him for Terry McLaurin? Um, Terry McLaurin, no. Christian Kirk? Yes. Jaden Reed? Yes. Uh, Jamison Williams. No. Yeah. So I, I I'm agree. I, I think I might consider the McLaurin side just because I do think there's a possibility that Washington just gets significantly better at quarterback next year and everything gets unlocked. But 
I think that's around the range of receiver that you could get if you wanted to trade him for a non-tight end. Yeah, I, I think that's all fair. Although to be clear, I like I like the idea of breaking down Kittle for uh, more assets at the tight end than I do trading him for other positions because it it it's challenging to find those players in a similar range yep. that have similar upside. Um, but I agree yeah. with you. Interesting. Uh, all right, let's talk about King Henry, who might be playing his last game ever with the Titans in week 18 is now the time to buy. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by better help around new year's. We get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing. Right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you actually want to eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch, ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that will actually stick. If you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's done entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for any reason at no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Kate, our next question here comes from at Detroit Van Doe. He wants to know, is Derrick Henry actually on the other side of the hill or is he a perfect buy low candidate? Marcus, this hurts me a lot to say, but I'm selling Derrick Henry. I do think he's starting to to go on that other side of the hill. Now, let me be clear. Like, he still had a, a pretty fantastic season, though uh, not as consistent as we've always seen. Uh, at multiple two-touchdown games. Uh, you love to see that. But in between those games, there was some disappointment. 261 carries, over just over 1,000 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, averaging a career-low 3.9 yards per attempt. Now, when I'm looking at like what, you know, what are the signs of maybe some of that that decline, right? I'm looking at the explosiveness and that's something that obviously like Derrick Henry his his greatest strength has literally been his strength paired with the explosiveness that it, having both of those qualities innately is just uh, you know, that that has made him a game changer at the position. Now, you look at uh, how many runs he has of 10 or more rushing yards. 7.3% of his runs this year went for 10 or more rushing yards. That is a career low by over 2%. Um, you look at his his runs of, of hitting 15 plus miles per hour, Marcus, a, a career low average, 14.6% uh, of his runs went for 15 or more miles per hour. 
His average speed uh, on the field per next-gen stats, 12.29 miles per hour. That is a career low. Um, speed when he hits the line of scrimmage, 9.61 miles per hour, also a career low. All of these speed and explosive metrics tell me that this has been one of Derrick Henry's worst seasons yet. And mm. those are all of the metrics that I'm looking at when I'm wondering, are we starting to see the decline? And Marcus, we know the value for these running backs declines so sharply the margin for error on when to sell these guys is razor thin. So I want to get out now. I understand. Cause I'm always one of the ones that I'll want to get out a year or two years early. So I don't lose a lot of value. Um, but having said that I'm, I'm open to going out and buying Derrick Henry uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I still think he's a pretty effective running back He can score double digit touchdowns again this year. He's over a thousand yards. Also, just a little prediction. I think he's going to have a massive game this weekend against Jacksonville, whose run defense has been a problem anyways this season. Uh, but you look at this Titans team. They've been dealing with quarterback injuries all year. They've started multiple quarterbacks. They've been playing with a rookie quarterback over the last two months. The offensive line has had a bunch of injuries, and that's an offensive line that already wasn't good to begin with. Um, I do think he's going to lead the Titans, and I think he's going to go to a team next year that has a legitimate shot of winning a Super Bowl. Maybe that's Philadelphia. Maybe that's Dallas. Uh, maybe you know who who. Maybe it's Baltimore, right? Because Baltimore could be using. They could be looking in the for a veteran running back. I I could just see like seven or eight different teams that he could go to. And have a lot of success. Uh, now, obviously, you're not getting a lot from him in the receiver. Although, as a receiver, he has gotten better in that part of his game over the last couple of years. Uh, but I do think there's another year, or maybe even two years, that he can squeeze out RB2 numbers in the right situation. I think the efficiency was almost all based on this offense just not being very good. If you can go to an offense where he's not the focal point, I, I won't be surprised if he's back up to 4.3.4.4 yards per carry. Okay. I think we're we're gonna remain split on this. So I'm I'm eager to hear maybe what the listeners have to say uh about what they're doing with Derrick Henry because I mean it's there's no doubt that there is a potential. And I, I think that you know, going into next year, definitely foresee him moving on from the Titans and going into kind of what he looks at as an ideal situation, which could be great. Like um, maybe he doesn't have 250 plus carries a year, but maybe he gets those very valuable situational touches in and around the goal line, which obviously he can feast anytime he wants in that scenario. But if the question is, do we think he's starting to show signs of decline? Yeah. All right. Let me, let me ask you a question. If you, if you had Derrick Henry in a dynasty league, would you flip him for a 2024 uh, third round pick? No. Okay. Would you do it for a second round pick? Uh, I think it depends on how. Let's say it's like a top 16 pick. If I'm close to contending, no. If I'm, if I'm looking to rebuild, but in that situation, Marcus, I might just hold on to him until, you know, it, I can get a little bit more from him. He might be more valuable in a situation down the road next year 
uh, if he is scoring, you know, one, two touchdowns a game, uh, that might be a great bargaining chip for a, a team midseason who just lost a, a key player to injury and they're willing to pay up for my Derrick Henry. Well, a good example, I'm in a dynasty league right now where I'm a little bit weak at running back, but I'm also going to be drafting at the back end of round two. I think pick 23 overall. I, I might consider just giving that second round pickup for Derrick Henry, hoping that he lands in a better situation. Um, and it, maybe the, the strategy is to wait to see where he lands before trading that pick away. Um, but I'm very, very open to him having one more really solid year away from this Titans roster that's just gotten really old. It's been depleted on the, on the offensive line. I, I guess I'm just – I'm optimistic that Derrick Henry can, can still pull this off and have one more you know, top 16 season in him. All right. Well, are you willing to pass up, let's say, the, the decline? We start to see the decline next year, and then you, you're – left out to dry with Derrick Henry with, you know, a, a much, much lower value than maybe you could have gotten him for this, you know, this off season. I, it, I, that's why I, I'm almost more willing to go trade for him now. I just, I think Derrick Henry is going to try to be really smart about his next landing spot because he knows that his time left in the NFL. He just doesn't have a ton, right? He's already made a lot of money. Like he's one of the few running backs that's been paid and's played through his whole contract or at least most of the contract. So I don't think on this next deal, he's going to be chasing money, but I don't think he's just going to go to Tampa Bay and sign a two year, $10 million deal. I think he's really going to be picky trying to find a spot where he's playing behind a good offensive line on a good offense. that can get him touches. Uh, and that's why I think, I'm pretty optimistic that he's going to be good next year. I'm I'm willing to go trade for him now. Okay. That's totally All fair. Right. Uh, let's get to a question about Deshaun Watson. You remember that guy? Deshaun Watson started Heard of Cleveland Browns yeah. at the beginning of the year. <laughs> what in the world do you do with Deshaun Watson now that Joe Flacco looks like the next franchise? No, he's not the next franchise quarterback in Cleveland. <laughs> but what is his dynasty value? We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is taking them or asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have this many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and they might not have the resources or the time to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, that process is so quick and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lot.nfl. That is linkedin.com slash lot.nfl to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We want to let you know on tomorrow's show, we're going to give you some deep sleepers to watch in week 18 with so many teams resting their starters. So keep an eye on that. 
We'll also do some promotion commotion in case you are in one of those funky leagues where you're playing in week 18 or a best ball league. Uh, so make sure you're, you tune in for that. But Kate, our final question here comes from uh, uh, Andrew Manning. He wants to know, what should I do with Deshaun Watson? Oh, Marcus, I'm not the biggest Deshaun Watson fan. And he was one of my biggest fades heading into this season. Like, let's be clear. I was not excited about Deshaun Watson. I wasn't excited about the the price. But you look at, at his current value on the trade market. You look at his current value in Dynasty Startups uh, based on his ADP in the month of December, which I have to imagine that this isn't going to change all too much. Obviously, he's been out with a season-ending injury, um, 28 years old. He's being drafted on average as quarterback 22. That's behind Geno Smith, Seattle Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith, who like he's been great, uh, but he's also five years younger than Geno Smith, and he has more financial security with his organization than uh, Geno Smith could possibly dream of. Like. I do think there's maybe something to trading for Deshaun Watson. Like the, the offense, the pass attack really looks like it's come together. And I don't know if it's a, a testament to Joe Flacco. Like what is Joe Flacco that uh, doing that Deshaun Watson can't uh, like, I, I don't, there's something weird with Deshaun Watson, but you look at the value and it, it's kind of interesting. I'm buying. I'm buying in every one of my leagues, Kate. Oh, like. Okay, here, here's my reasoning. I thought his last two games that he played against the Titans and the Ravens were two of the best games that I've seen him play. Um, now, I know that he's had, he's since had shoulder surgery, and that's always really tricky. But it did feel like those last two games something clicked for him. I mean, he was brilliant in the second half against the Ravens. One of the few teams to actually beat the Ravens this year, um, making big time throws. He had guys bouncing across. I mean, he did it with a bad shoulder. Yeah. The, I, I guess I just trust Kevin Stefanski, who's going to probably be the coach of the year to figure things out. They, we don't have a huge sample size of them working together. And it's been a little bit frustrating because he only played six games last year. He got hurt. Earlier this year, played the game against the Colts, came out. I just want to see what he looks like fully healthy with the offensive line healthy, which, by the way, they didn't really have at any point this year because uh, Jack Conklin, the right tackle, got hurt, was out for the season in week one. Daywan Jones, his backup, got hurt. Uh, Judrick Willis, the left tackle, was out. And then they've had all this turnover and change at receiver. We know that he's going to be the starting quarterback for this foreseeable future for Cleveland. We know that this offense is good. We know that the play caller is good. We know that the weapons with a Cooper, Elijah Moore, David Njoku, hopefully Nick Chubb, Cedric Tillman, like they've got the weapons to be a good passing offense. I think I'm buying at QB 22, just hoping for some upside here. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. Um, I like Deshaun Watson. Again, we know he's kind of looked like the shell of, of, the quarterback that we once saw, right? But you look at his finishes, and again, very underwhelming for the most part this season. Had a, a couple of solid games, but it does feel like there's something there. Um, and again, you look at security about, it, you know, in the quarterback position, you can't get more secure than Deshaun Watson at this point. As long as he wants to step onto a football field, 
uh, he's going to be the Browns quarterback. And I, I don't think there are many ifs, ands, or buts about that. Um, you, you might have a point as much as I don't like Deshaun Watson and as much as uh, it, like from a, a value standpoint, it's really hard to, to disagree with the fact that like he's got a top wide receiver option and Amari Cooper, he's got, you know, David and Joku, who's, I mean, this, he's always been a fantastic player, but this feels like his real true breakout mm. season as a receiver, like having that portion of the game unlocked Cedric Tillman still kind of in waiting. I think he could be a, a big part of this organization's future in the receiving game. There's a lot to like about his options and the, the guys he's going to be throwing the ball to in the years to come. I just keep coming back to, I, I think Kevin Stefanski is a heck of a coach. I really do. For all the stuff that they had going on this year, they've managed to be successful. I mean, they're going to win. I mean, if they beat the Bengals this week, I think they'd win 12 games. And there was a couple other games sprinkled in there that they very easily could have won. I just think he's really good. And I want to have the quarterback that's attached to Kevin Stefanski. And right now it really doesn't cost you much. I mean, going into the month of December, Kate, Sam Howell, was being drafted five spots ahead of him. He got benched and then got back into the starting lineup because Jacoby Brissett hurt his hamstring in practice. Russell Wilson got told by the Broncos to just go away. He was being drafted ahead of Deshaun Watson. Uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. I mean, I don't even know if, he, I, if I have to say anything there. So I, I think I'm maybe the way to do this is you just wait until some of the rookie quarterbacks come in and it pushes his price tag down even more, but I kind of want to go buy Deshaun Watson. I Yeah, I think we're there, Marcus. I think we I are officially there. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Dynasty your first listen every single day. Go check out the show on YouTube. We post videos every single day over there. Uh, go follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.